Good day, good day, good day, everyone. I hit the intro for the first time in a long time, the little boop. I always miss it at the beginning. You're thinking, how can you miss it? You're just pressing a button. It's harder than you think. Speaking of, hi, Dame, it's Damien. <laughs> did you see where I was going there? And yeah, then I, I did. You, you uh, got in front of it. Way to go, Pete. That's two, met, that's two wins in a row. I meant muscular. Hey, Danza, good to be with you. Hello, everybody. So play the bottom show right here on the Pete the Planner Radio Network. Dame, uh, big show this week. Twitter poll, mm. email question, discussion about the Internal Revenue Service. Oh, fun. And Bwaman News. How was your week? Busy. I have, for some reason, it just seemed like things started uh, rolling and then they were cascading and uh, whatever word comes after that to mean more. Yeah, it was something, right? It was something. It was something. Jeremy, good day. Jeremy, I, Jeremy sent me the means, a, a gift. So Jeremy sent me a gift uh, this week, a means to change the color of my fire in my solo stuff. And so uh, this week, my family was gone from the house, so it was great. <laughs> I went out on the porch, uh, started a fire in the solo stove, uh, did not... It's dry January, so I did not have a bottle of the brown with me uh, in the hand or a glass, I should say. Bottle's a little aggressive. And I and I, I put the colorful fire in. Um, and I had a neighbor walking their dog. It was sort of dusk or dawn, which is night, Dame. Uh, dusk. Okay, it was dusk. Because the movie From Dusk Till Dawn, that's mm -hmm. how, you know, the old Robert Rodriguez, uh, the name. Anyway, someone walking their dog by, and there's like rainbow flames coming out of this thing. And my, my neighbor's a real nice progressive person. They're like, oh, I love it. It's a pride fire. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I will gladly claim that it is a pride fire. Not the intended uh, message, but I fully support that message. I, so I will want to thank Jeremy publicly for the ability to uh, have pride fires that my neighbors love. I think I probably would have just said I was grilling a unicorn. Oh, that's a much better thing. Much better thing. Jameson, hello from Texas. Dame, do you think Dame, uh, J uh, Texas, the, the state of Texas, the actually it's called a, it's a republic? What, what's the Texas is a, I, uh, something. a republic. It's a Commonwealth? What is it? Somebody will tell us. Anyway, um, do you think they'll have their uh, winterized um, moment of Zen this year? Or do you think they're in for another one? I was told it got like all the way down to 50 something the other day and they okay. were panicking. So you're ready to do this little masquerade. Yes. Brittany. Hello. Good to see you. You know, Brittany weighing in on Facebook live right now. Uh, not related Duns. Brittany. Here's the thing with the name, Brittany. I mean, since we're at it here today, um, it's always spelled. I don't think I've ever met two Brittany's with their names spelled the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So anytime I know someone, I know a few Britneys personally, like they're my friends or, or acquaintances. And so I might email them or something like that. And if I didn't look at it, I wouldn't know how to spell their name is what I'm telling you. I just, you know met I mean? a, just met a Brittany yesterday that has an I after the double T's. Yeah. Uh, Danza wants to know if I hit the Miguel uh, this morning. Seems a bit over caffeinated. <laughs> you know what? It's with that, that Dame, I want you to carry the show. I'm going to go get a Miguel right now. All right. So uh, listen, everybody. Uh, Pete was up early this morning, and he let me know very, very early in the day that uh, he was uh, running on caffeine power today. So I don't know what we're going to get today out of Pete. I'd just be ready and be gracious. That, that's all we need to do. Be gracious. Here he comes. All right. I'm back. What'd I miss? Nothing. We're just uh, talking sports. Oh, good. Um, Kirkland brand. Let me go a full shot here. Kirkland's cold brew coffee, 100% Colombian. There's a Jaguar on it. Um, and we've named him Miguel. And we love to start our day with Miguel around here at the Pete the Planner World Headquarters. If you may listen to this sound. Miguel Whoosh. has. <laughs> yeah, totally right, Dame. Um, Miguel has 225 milligrams of caffeine per can, which is the equivalent of 2.3 cups of coffee. Hmm. Who do you think I, makes that for, uh, for, Kirk, uh, for, uh, Costco Kirkland, whoever this Jaguar, Miguel? No, the, yeah, the can, I mean, who do you think makes the, the liquid that's inside that can? It's a good question. Um, I can note this though. 
Uh, I did have a large cup of coffee this morning, um, and we're going to go for a, a second move here. I, I also want to note the first taste of Miguel, it tastes like a Band-Aid. On your very first sip, you're like, what? Okay, so right now I want you to see my, I'm going to zoom in on my face here. Uh, but sorry, uh, podcast listeners, you're not going to get to my, see my face. But Dame, as soon as I sip and you see my face, if you could describe this to the podcast listeners as a bonus. Okay, so uh, ladies and go ahead, play by play it. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete is now lifting the can to his lips. Miguel is on my lips. Tilting his head back and swallowing and uh, looks like he Ugh. just sniffed a diaper full of... It is, the first sip is like the smell of a Band-Aid. You know, which is so it's one of those weird smells that you kind of like, but it's a bad smell. Yeah. Uh, so it, it tastes latexy. Miguel has a latex taste to him. Interesting. Um, but anyway, after that, once it's sort of numbed all yeah. of your taste buds. Right. Speaking of taste buds, did you know Grimace from McDonald's is supposed to be a taste bud? What? Yeah. I'm going to need confirmation. On no, that. Um, look, I didn't even know you were Catholic. You don't need to be confirmed. I will note this. Grimace is a taste bud, a big purple taste bud. You didn't know that. I think you're lying. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I, I can't. I can't. Who, how could I make that up, Dame, in the moment? I pulled that from the knowledge database. Your stand-up. You've done stand-up, and you took... Oh, uh, can we talk about that for a second? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. go ahead. Oh, Crackers Comedy Club closed this week, downtown Indianapolis. Um, that makes me so sad. Uh, owner is a, a woman by the name of Ruthann. She uh, is an Indianapolis person for a long time, had the comedy club, they had one in Broad Ripple, that one closed, and they had the one downtown. And uh, it makes me sad, uh, primarily because, you know, I'm sad when someone's business closes. Um, and I'm sad for the comedy scene. And I'm sad because I have memories there of doing sets on stage that had various um, degrees of success. <laughs> the first stand-up show I ever did was an open mic. Have I told you this story? I don't know. This was 2004 or five. And I was doing a lot of improv comedy, but I had never done stand-up. So I went to open mic and open mics work like this, or at least they did in 2004, 2005. Um, you sign up on the list to go up, but you're supposed to bring people. The whole point, the reason they do it is so you bring your friends to buy drinks and laugh at you. Well, I didn't want to try out stuff with my friends. So I just went and didn't have friends. So all of the other people in the audience were the friends of all these other comedians. It turns out that everyone else at this open mic Worked blue, worked blue. <laughs> um, it's not that I don't, I'm not a dirty person. In fact, arguably I am, but on stage I am not ever. Uh, and so my set was funny. However, it wasn't on brand to what everyone else was doing. So it was the biggest bunch of crickets. And then I'd go sit down and someone would go up and tell like a weed joke. And everyone was like, <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? But after that, it got much better. <laughs> Are there other uh, comedy clubs in India? Because all I ever knew was Crackers. Grimace was originally called Evil Grimace and was scary and had four arms and stole milkshakes. I'm going to need a picture of that, too. So are you telling me Grimace brought them, uh, his milkshakes brought the boys to the yard? Is that what we're saying? No, he stole the milkshakes from the boys in the yard. Uh, darn right. It's better than yours. All right. Should we start the radio show, Dame? Oh, my gosh. What? Google Evil Grimace. Okay. I got to Google it. Oh, sorry. I'll put it on the screen if you want. Yes. Sorry, okay. podcast listeners, but this is... We are putting Evil Grimace on the screen. Um, this is a special for the live... Oh, my gosh. What in the world? Uh, I'm going to do this one. Oh, this is a, so, uh, Dame, you want to go ahead and, and do your best to describe what we're looking at here? No, it's terrifying. I, I meant really for the benefit of the podcast okay. listeners. All right, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're not looking at, are you going to put it up? Okay, there we go. There it is. Uh, so uh, imagine Grimace with two more arms holding eight milkshakes, eight milkshakes. and looking, having a, a look of, mm, boy. He looks like Violet Beauregard when she turned into a blueberry. 
uh, and Willy uh, Wonka. Yes. But purple. Yeah. I I think, um, oh, those are arms. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. That's, I can see why that didn't stick around. You know, Danza brings up a really good point. Grimace and Hamburglar are the McDonald's Guild of Thieves. Um, so think about this for a second. McDonald's is like this wholesome American brand, and two of their mascots are Criminals. thieves? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. There's got to yeah. be there's got to be some psychology paper written on that somewhere. I don't know. All right, Dane, we should probably do a financial show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're good. So you're good to go. You're 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 in a good place. God, I mean that grimace thing's kind of messing with me. But yeah, let's do this. All right, let's start the show. Oh, I have a new uh, uh, scrolling banner today. It says, "Be the bright spot in someone's life. They need it." It's true. Now it's for the podcast listeners. All right, Dame, let's do this thing. Um, let me pull up what we're doing. Dame, I'm getting slacks. I'm getting emails. This is not a good way to start the show. <laughs> Close those tabs. Close I can't. Them. I could. I shouldn't. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, oh, I should start the clock as well. Damn, you got big Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day plans? I do not, but thank you for putting me on the spot to disappoint everybody that's listening. Well, I'm going to big time you. Yeah. Uh, every Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, especially when we have children, we'll pull up YouTube because my kids are always on YouTube anyway. And we'll watch a speech and sort of oh, talk sure. about it, you know. Uh, and it's interesting, right? They, they hear uh, Dr. King referenced a lot and they learn about him for, at school from time to time. Um, I think one of the most remarkable things about Dr. King is that in his early 30s is when he did all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? And as a 44-year-old uh, person, uh, it, A, it's, I find that to be remarkable. Also, it makes me feel incredibly bad about myself. So, yeah, but, but, but don't you do that on a fairly regular basis? Uh, not just you individually, but uh, you know, watching the accomplishments of people half our age oh, and, no, it's like various activities whether they're athletic or whatever it's, yeah but I, I you know i guess we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves that we did not accomplish as much as dr king i think i yeah. think we can I mean, okay there pick a, pick a little bit more realistic target pete my uh my least favorite part of dr martin luther king jr day every year is the misappropriation of his words uh so I'm not looking forward to that. Brian Pinkins makes it into the audience. Greetings, my friend. Greetings, my friend. It's gymnastics season. His daughter's a gymnast as well. My daughter's a gymnast. And so we've got that gymnastics dad vibe to us where we like sort of wiggle in the crowd to our daughter's floor music. How much of the, her floor routine do you know and could you do? Um, well, it's new season started last week. Uh, so she's a new routine, so I don't know it. Last season I did, and I'd be in the crowd. I'm like, do the little, the, the pouty kitten, you know, or whatever yeah. <laughs> that I call it. Um, but I don't know this one's uh, that much yet. I have to say, though, I mean, I don't know. She did win the meet again. She's on a seven meet winning streak. Uh, she wins the whole thing. Sounds like you need to find some different competition. Thank God there's so many gymnastic scholarships out there. That's right. Okay. Um, let's do some right now. Okay. Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, it's your time to learn about money. Dame Dunn joins me on the show. Damien, I just changed the open for the show for the first time in a really long time, and that was weird. How are you? I'm betting it's not going to stick around for next week. I think we'll go back to normal. Dame, this show works like this. People email us uh, questions about their financial lives and we answer them. The questions are, are, are good. The answers are better. And the best part about the show, people don't realize this. Maybe subconsciously they realize this. Dame, we never say, you know what? Give us a call on Monday and we'll sort it out. Why? Because <laughs> we're not here to sell you things. We're here to help you. The bad part about financial radio on the weekends, it's the most of the time people are like, you know, we definitely know the answer to that. So set an appointment and talk to us on Monday. Don't talk. To, I don't want to talk to you on Monday. I want to solve your problem now. So thanks for listening. Dame, I have had a tremendous amount of caffeine. And it shows. Dame, this week on the show, we've got a few different things. It's a little bit of a potpourri, a smorgasbord, if you will. Here's what we've got. We've got an email question about, can I retire? So we're going to play a little game called, 
Can I retire? Oh, I didn't change my voice like I thought it was going to work. Straight again. Can I retire? And then, what? Very, very ominous. I don't know if that's totally appropriate. Okay, well, let me try it this way. Uh, Can I retire? Uh, you're just mocking them. Okay. That did seem rude. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to have a segment called, Should You Be Concerned If Your Financial Advisor Is An Avid Sports Gambler? <laughs> You and I got talking about that last week, and then I was like, we need to make a Twitter poll out of this, and we did, and so then you and I are going to discuss the results of said Twitter poll. Looking forward to it. Segment three, we're going to talk about why the IRS uh, is going to ruin some springs for some people, uh, and that's going to be awkward, and then, of course, Blom and News. Dame, we've got an email. This is from, you know what? They didn't leave a name. They didn't even greet us. It just says hi, and then it just gives a bunch of numbers. Can I assume they're saying hi to me and not you? That's almost assuredly what the case was. Hi, we're 55, 4.6 M net worth. It's <laughs> so great. I love my job. 4.6 M net worth, 1 M of which is in our home. Two private colleges funded, zero debt, 120K a year, all in spending, and we can easily cut back. Estimate 5K a month SS in 12 years or more waiting to 70.5. Can we retire? PS, 60-40 portfolio, 6% rebalancing bands. That's, that's enough information for me. Think so? Do you? No. Oh. Oh. Okay. So $4.6 million net worth. A million of it is their home. So their net worth uh, in terms of investable assets that generates income is $3.6 million. Good math. Correct? Good yeah, math. it's a good, pretty good at math. I just subtracted $1 million from $4.6 and came up with $3.6. Two, two private colleges funded gives you more information than you think. Mm -hmm. Because what it tells me is that um, they cash flowed it probably. Okay, they cash floated or, or drew on some assets, and when that period was done, they re-expanded their lifestyle. They reabsorbed that cash flow uh, and created new expenses, and that's why there's this doubt as to whether they can pull it off right now. Because typically, if you've private uh, funded two private educations, you only need a hundred only need one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year of income. Uh, and you've got a $3.6 million investable asset related net worth, you should be able to do it. However, there's two things. One, I think they increase their lifestyle at a weird time. Number two, it's the 59 and a half problem, right? Well, that's one of them. I mean, we have to assume, I guess we don't have to assume. I'm going to assume that a good chunk of this cash is tied up uh, in qualified funds, which present a bit of a, a problem for making sure you're going to have that income that you need for retirement. Uh, my answer would be maybe you can retire. And then the second thing I would say is prove it. They say $120,000 a year in spending and we can easily cut back. Well, how about you live on that cutback amount for a year before you really start thinking about retiring? Because the other thing, I, I, Pete, I don't know if you, you've uh, looked at our uh, predictions for the stock market and the, uh, the stocks that we picked uh, recently, but I have not. Uh, things are um, starting slowly this year, let's just say. Sure. We've talked about sequence of return risks uh, on this show a few times. Uh, if you were to potentially pull the ripcord this year and, and have some bad performance in the market, you're going to really have an issue potentially with the assets you've got left over after taking a good chunk of money out to live on and having a big market hit right now and you're 12 years away at least from Social Security. So uh, while you have a substantial amount of assets sitting there and if you can cut your, your spending back, yeah, you could probably make this work, but I would uh, let you prove it to yourself first that you don't need $120,000 a year to live on. Did I just pick up a bonus tip from you that when you feel bearish about the market and you're considering turning on the faucet of income off of your income producing assets that maybe you should pump the brakes and wait until the market in your view stabilizes is did that what i'm hearing am i reading into your thoughts um i i mean uh, that's the 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 comfortable 
uh, answer. However, you and I both know and have said a number of times, we can't predict markets. But if you had to try and guess, which we did, uh, <laughs> this is going to be a, an iffy year. I'll just leave it at that. If I was looking at retiring at 55 um, and re relying on my assets, I'd want to have a, a relatively good outlook on all sorts of, you know, the financial front, socioeconomic, uh, political, all that stuff. Uh, and, and right now I just feel like there's so many things up in the air that could cause some major stress in my portfolio and drawing money out of it during that time uh, when maybe I punt for a year. Maybe I, I check a couple other things off the box. Maybe I, I prove myself that I don't need $120,000 a year to live on. Um, and if you're still working at that time, you're you're building those reserves even more. Uh, maybe that's what I would look at. Dame, what about the rule of 55 as it relates to this? Because I've done some math at a 3.5% distribution rate, $3.6 million should generate $126,000 of income a year. The issue, as we know, is that I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 80% of their 3.6 million is probably qualified money, which they would not have access to for four and a half years uh, without penalty. So they could um, potentially activate and utilize the rule of 55, which lets a person pull money out of their 401k prior to age 55. But I generally don't advise that. What do you think? Did you just mute your line to cough and then not re-unmute yourself? Because that's amazing if that's what happened. I am a professional. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I typically don't uh, go for rule of 55 in except a, a handful of, of smaller circumstances. But um, I, I, would, I would just be a little bit more cautious. Let's be honest, this couple's sitting really, really well, uh, but there are just a few things that I would want to, if, if they were my clients, I would want them to prove to themselves and maybe me first before we charge forward with this. Uh, Jameson, a listener of the Millennium, uh, noted that healthcare would be a major sure. concern here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going to have to pay for that. And if there are any health issues uh, between the, the couple, um, healthcare could be expensive, which when you look at the big number, the 3.4, yeah, what if you have to pay a thousand bucks a month? In your head, you're probably thinking it's not a big deal, but you know, it's, it could be a really big deal. I will note in the words to this uh, anonymous emailer, in the words of young T and Bugsy, don't rush. <laughs> it's a song, you know, don't, no, don't I, rush. I have, no, I have no idea. It's not your thing. Okay. The kids liked that one though. Um, anyway, Dame, coming up after the break, what should you do if you find out your financial advisor is an avid sports gambler? Should you care? Should you freak out? We have a Twitter poll that tells you what to do. That's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. You don't know the young T and Bugsy don't rush, slow touch like that. You don't, I'm not going to sing it. Anybody in the comments, anyone on the live stream here? No, I could play the song, but then we could get copyright infringement. So I'm not going to mess with it. Nobody is surprised in that stream that I don't know T and Bugsy. I would have said that was young like the, T and Bugsy. Mister. I would have said that was like the the uh, <clears throat> Animaniacs, you know, the the young uh, Bugs Bunny and some new character they're introducing. All right. So after the show, I want everyone. Not now. We're busy. Everybody, Google. Uh, young T and Bugsy, and that's Bugsy with an EY. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you, can't, you can't take the E out of Bugsy. Here's a, here's a question for you. Let's say your name's like John Bugglesworth, okay? And you got to have a nickname. Hey, Bugsy. Bugsy. Yeah. So at some point in time, you have to figure out, how am I going to spell this made-up nickname that people gave me? And what... What Bug, John Bugglesworth did, and I don't know if that's his name. We're just we're just spitballing here. What he did, he was like, well, it's Bugsy, but it's E-Y. How do you come up with that? Because there was already a Bugsy without the E. You think it's, it's really about intellectual property? Probably. When our, our daughter Olivia, and by our, I mean not you and me, me and Mrs. Planner, uh, when Olivia was uh, part of this world uh, for the first time, we were like, ah, we're going to call her Olive. That was the plan. We're going to call her Olive. And then she got here and we we're like, oh, Ollie. And we started calling her Ollie. <laughs> so for the first 
couple weeks, we spelled Ollie different than we do now because we had to determine this made up nickname of like, how do you spell it? Um, and so we spelled it B-U-G-S-E-Y. Dave, are you excited about this financial advisor sports betting uh, poll? I really thought you were going to go with E-Y on Ollie. Oh, yeah. That's all right. Uh, yeah, I know everyone. My video keeps freezing. I know. I'm sorry. Dame's looking into it. Well, you're not, you're not going to put Jeremy's comment up there? Did you really draw attention to it? Pete, your video keeps freezing. Dame's is smooth, just like his advice. Oh, brother. No, guys, it's me. I'm hardwired in. Hashtag Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Don't you don't need to see me. I mean, we'll it's, a, it's, a, it's an audio experience. You only want to look at me if you're looking to suppress your appetite. All right, Dame. Twitter poll time. This show feels like it's going to go long. We did do 14 minutes of banter to start the show because I went and chased down Miguel. Hey, <sighs> you caught him. Oh, that was hmm. man. Special. This is going to hurt. I have to admit, I, I did get up at 2.30 this morning, and so this is part of the, I'm going to crash here soon. I think we have uh, you go grab another can of Miguel uh, before uh, the fourth second. I don't think I can double fist Miguel. That's That would hurt. Hmm. Um, I am ready to continue. Let's go. All right, so Dame, we're just starting the segment. Everyone and I will explain along the way. Oh, Dame, which ones are you taking? Oh, we'll, we'll decide on the fly, because yeah, what's better than deciding on the fly? Yeah, right. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Here's how the show works. You email us, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. But sometimes I don't want to talk about what you want to talk about. I don't want to talk about what I want to talk about. So Dame and I were talking this week. Were we uh, slacking? How did this come up? Slack. Absolutely. Did I ask you or did you ask me? Uh, you're getting into the weeds now. I, the question came up from one of the Duns to the other Dunn. No relation. Um, would you be concerned if your financial advisor had several sports gambling apps mm -hmm. on their phone and you and I came to a very quick uh, conclusion, mm -hmm. uh, which it was a shared conclusion. Correct. Yes. yes. And then I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about this on the show. And then I was like, you know what? I want the perspective of the general public. Anytime mm -hmm. you want the general public, you go to the hellscape that is Twitter. So I went to Twitter and I put out the following tweet. I quote the one and only Pete, the planner. <clears throat> This is one of our topics for this week's radio show. How would you feel if your financial advisor had several betting apps on his or her mobile phone? The choices I gave, I wouldn't care. It would make me happy. It would kind of bother me. Or run for the hills. Run for the hills. Dame, what you and I are going to do is we each are going to select two of these. And we're going to make the argument as to why the population of people who voted that way are correct. So I'm gonna, we're gonna do a draft. I'm gonna let you choose which argument you want to make first, which argument for, uh, should your financial advisor have uh, betting apps on their phone? Does it bother you or not? Which one do you want? Which were the um, the, the two positive? It was, I wouldn't was, I don't care, care and is, it would make me happy. Or as you said, uh, send me an offer code. I want to go for the, it would make me happy. Okay, Dame, uh, your financial advisor, you find out they've got several betting apps on their phone, and you say, "Man, I, I, I'm great with that. I I do these things myself. Uh, it makes my advisor seem more relatable. It gives us something else to talk about other than how bad my portfolio performed under his his or her guidance. Uh, and we uh, we can uh, maybe go out to a game and uh, and, and share a beer. Uh, just a nice way to to connect a little bit." Of 336 votes, 3.9% of people had that answer. 3.9? 3 3.9% 3 of 336 votes said, ah, it'd make me happy. Okay. Okay. Uh, obviously, that was not our selection because we are killjoys. We are not happy for other people's fun. Uh, I'm going to draft. It would kind of bother me. Okay. Okay. So, I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable. You know, I, I have a hard enough time viewing investments not as gambling. So if my advisor sort of, in a way, uh, intertwined the two like a shredded wheat biscuit, it would slightly disturb me. I might, I likely would not say anything, but it would always sit in the back of my mind because I don't personally do it. And of course, if you have this perspective, it's likely because 
you yourself probably don't bet on sports. 25.9% of respondents said it would kind of bother me. Okay. All right, Dame, your draft pick, do you want, would you want, I don't care, or run for Z Hills? Which would you like? Let's do run for Z Hills. Oh, I was hoping for that one, but you know what? It's your pick. It's your pick. Well, I'm not trying to influence you. Go ahead. Run for Z Hills. Listen, I, I was raised to think that gambling is a complete waste of money and a very poor sign of judgment. Uh, you're just basically throwing money at uh, some uh, something that is almost guaranteed to make you lose money. If he is doing, he or she is doing that, uh, how can I trust their judgment with the investments that they're picking for me? Maybe it's way outside of what I'm comfortable with. And if they are comfortable losing their own money, I know they're comfortable losing my money. 19.9% of people said run for Z Hills. Okay, so so far, 3.9% of respondents said if their financial advisor had several betting apps on his or her mobile phones, it would make them happy. 25.9% of respondents said it would kind of bother me. And 19.9% of respondents said run for Z Hills, okay. which brings us to the winner, which is 50.3% of respondents. I don't care. So I'm now going to make that argument. I don't care. <laughs> All right. So that is that is where we're at. Now, Dame, it's important for you and I now to give a little perspective on this. Uh, we are in the industry. Collectively, we've got decades of experience in this industry. Uh, understanding people's habits, understanding investments, understanding risk. What say you, fair bald man? Um, it would at the very least bother me a little bit. And depending on the overall relationship or maybe the uh, totality of circumstances uh, with my relationship with, with that advisor, maybe even run for the hills. Run for the hills all Sorry. day for me. Z, Z hills. Z hills. Run for Z hills. Here's why. I don't care if my financial advisor likes booze. I don't care if my financial advisor smokes. I would care if my lung doctor smoked. Uh, I, I would care if my liver doctor drank heavily, but I do care when my financial advisor uh, treats money. And I remember, we're not talking one app on their phone. The, the, the question was several gambling apps on their phone. That's a problem in my estimation, my opinion. Now, of course, people had responses on Twitter to this. And one of them was, oh, are you going to be bothered if they drink? No, I just said that. It doesn't bother me. Dame, how much do you think you and I are influenced in our way of thinking by the fact that you and I don't gamble? Oh, probably a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably a lot. Uh, we, it's just not something that appeals to either of us because we see, um, we see the inherent risk in doing that. However, I, I mean, I know advisors that gamble. I'm sure you do too. And I, I think they do have a pretty darn nice job for their clients along the way as well. So I'm not saying it can't be done, but I think this is very much a personal preference question. If it's something that bothers you and that you see as a, a big red flag, uh, it's something that's just going to sit in the back of your mind and make you think, man, I, I don't, uh, don't know if I agree with that investment selection or maybe he's telling me to retire a year earlier than I really can. There's, there's all sorts of ways that... Um, these things can start to impact the relationship with your advisor and your confidence therein too. I have to make a, a series of admissions here. Number one, um, I don't know if I'm more influenced by the fact that I, I give guidance financially for a living or if I give guidance financially um, in a mass scale. But one of my biggest fears is hypocrisy as it relates to what we do to tell a, 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 a group of people or an individual to do one thing and completely doing the opposite without justification is, is been my biggest fear. And I would say also Dame, and this is a much of a disclaimer as it is a thank you. And I bet you feel the same way. One of the best parts of our jobs is watching other people succeed and fail holds us accountable to our own ambitions and dreams financially. Um, and the fact that we get to take a peek with inside of so many people's financial lives, is that not the biggest blessing of what we do? Oh, yeah. I, there's a giant amount of personal satisfaction uh, that, that comes along with doing what we do. Uh, probably, if it's not the, the best part of the job, it's right there in, in second place. But 
Can I throw a wrinkle into this question? Pete? Please do. You've just clearly seen the uh, crow's feet around my eyes. Go ahead. What if they budget for the amount of money they gamble each month? Because then that point, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But several apps. <laughs> Those offer codes don't last forever, Pete. I don't know, man. I don't. I am a. I am a prude on this topic. I, I am a hundred percent a prude on this topic, and I also have to say the uh, know your limits gambling commercials that are on right now, mm-hmm. like the public service announcements, are the least sincere public service announcements in the history of public service announcements. You thought the toss your keys to a designated driver ones were a little awkward. That's nothing compared to, you know, the same pitch spokesperson that's saying gamble all your money away is going, hey, but if you have a problem, call us 1-800 number. Thanks. This message is sponsored by the people that want all of your money. I'm approved. We're moving on. Dame, after the break, speaking of other people who want all your money, the IRS is slowing down refunds this year, and we'll tell you why. That's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. That's there a segue. We, there we go. And I don't mean like a, a little scooter you ride around. I mean, that's a good segue. Have, uh, have you ever tried to ride one of those little hoverboard things? <laughs> well, there's a couple things we got to note here. Number one, maybe, but I don't remember because I have a bad memory. Hmm. I think, but I don't think so. Um, they, they seem terrifying. I, I'm afraid to snow ski if we're really talking about like things you've tried and not tried. Really? The, I'm terrified to snow ski. Never done it in my life because of this image I have of going in my le- doing the splits and then like that seems like that would hurt and it's my aversion to skiing has nothing to do with weather has nothing to do with snow has nothing to do with heights or the the Russian speed of skiing it's simply involuntary splits potential groin injury is what's yeah. keeping you back from enjoying a good day on the mountain most of uh, uh, the great decisions made in the history of mankind have been the avoidance of groin injuries. Yeah. Wars have started over the avoidance of groin injuries. I'm sure. I don't, I don't have the data to back that up. doesn't matter. Let's move on. Okay, IRS. I don't, should I pull up an article to like give statistics here? Or should, I just, should I just wing it? Everybody's favorite topic, the IRS. I mean, you've... You've made it this far in life without data. Yeah, remember? let's look it up. Okay. Um, I have hit this. Okay, we're ready to go because I have thoughts. I just don't want to waste them in the, 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 the sidebar here. Yes. Beating my chest. Here we go. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, uh, the IRS uh, uh, fired a warning shot this week and it said, uh, hey, y'all. Um, we're we're sort of overwhelmed right now. We're short staffed. There's going to probably be a delay in processing refunds uh, on people's tax returns. So I want to talk about that, what people should know, what people should do. But I have a major admission I need to make before we get started on this. Oh, Dave, have I ever told you about my fear of making public comments about the IRS? I think that just makes sense. I don't know if you've verbalized those, but I think everybody has that little uh, spidey sense that as soon as you start disparaging the company, the uh, the institution that could come take your money, you start second guessing yourself. I mean, do you share? I mean, do you share? Like, from now, you are a public figure. You're on this program. You write things and whatnot. Uh, do do you share that sort of fear of making bold statements about the Internal Revenue Service? Well, yeah, but that's because I'm paranoid. Yeah, I think that's really the trend of the show here today. Me too. So I just want to go out and say, uh, number one, I <laughs> this is not pandering. <laughs> this is not pandering. Number two, thank you for all the hard work of uh, all the employees within the IRS who, uh, you know, they're doing their job. They're doing that. I have nothing against people in the IRS whatsoever. Dane, we do have a problem though. Here's a, can I interject there for please a second? Please do, here's, please. Here, here's what a lot of people don't realize. If you were to set up an appointment for whatever reason to meet with somebody at your local IRS office, I think the majority of instances, uh, you would be very, very surprised at how pleasant and helpful those individuals are. There are a lot of good people doing fantastic work in local IRS offices. Unfortunately, we just get 
our, our main impression is through form letters that we get in the mail and, and call centers that we have to call into and wait on the phone for 40 forevers. But um, the individuals that are meeting people are, are really good at their job and really helpful. So th- I, I concur. Uh, the IRS does have a large number of very competent, very kind people. Describe your personal pucker factor from a scale of one to 10, 10 being full pucker when you, an envelope arrives at your home with the seal of the IRS in the top left corner. Where are you at? Uh, at least a seven. Yeah, I'm a nine. But you know, the weird thing about uh, what uh, your Mrs. Planner uh, does for a living, does that take you from a nine to a seven? Well, I, then I get worried about her reaction when she sees a letter from the IRS and she's going to ask what I did wrong. That's so it's a, a 10. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like getting a letter. And, and sometimes it's like we processed a change of address. And it's <laughs> like, what? A, I didn't move. So thank you. Yeah. But B, weird flex, Earth. Um, in a briefing on Monday, Treasury Department officials highlighted the lack of resources at the IRS and said a lower level of service should be expected. Um, you know, I have to be, uh, again, fair here. And this is not as uh, morose as it may sound. I sort of expect a lower level of service with everything right now. And I've had to tell myself I'm okay with that because I think everyone's at their, their rope's end, you know? You mean lower level of service for everything except our service? Exactly. Uh, including the time it will take staff to answer phone calls from taxpayers with questions. Treasury officials noted that in the first half of 2021, fewer than 15,000 employees were available to handle more than. Oh, my. Dame, have I ever um, gotten visibly sick uh, on the show and have been unable to recover? What I've been doing the show for I think, 12, 13 years, something like that. And, and right now everyone's like, how? Uh, not because it must a lot of work. It's like, how are you still in the air? Fair question. Dame, the number I'm about to read you is the sh- most shocking number I've ever given you on this show. Do you want to guess how many calls came in that were meant to be handled by 15,000 people? In the chat right now, there's a live, uh, we, we broadcast the show live, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern on Fridays on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I want everyone in the chat right now without looking it up, how many calls did 15,000 employees handle in the year, in the first half, in the first half of 2021, in six months, how many calls did 15,000 people take? Uh, Dead air is fun, Dame. I, I'm, I'm working. Oh, I'm going to read some guesses from people who, who stepped up here. Brittany says 2.57. Jeremy, 3 million. Rick, aggressive answer, 30 million. Danza says 1 million. Uh, Brian says 3.5. Amanda says 3. What do you say, Dame? Uh, four and a quarter. 4.25 million? Yeah. I have to tell you, everyone is so wrong. <laughs> 240 million calls. Oh. What, what, what are you owing me? 240 million calls in six months that 15,000 people had to answer. 240 million calls. 15,000. 15,000 employees. That's 16,000 calls a person. Yeah. Dame, you run a uh, phone line for a living. That's what you do. I, yeah, I do. What if our team was taking 16,000 calls in a six-month period. Would we have a team? No, no. So, Dame, there is the expectation that that checks could be delayed. Last year, the vast majority of taxpayers, 77% of people received a refund last year. Uh, But tens of millions of those experienced delays. So let's talk about what to do about this. Number one... And this is important. Listen, y'all. E-file, e-file, e-file. Do not send in paper returns. It will slow it down significantly. You will not get your refund for months. Months. Dame. Also, another note here is file. Like, as soon as you get your W-2. Like, February 2nd. No, I mean, 
it depends on what your tax return usually consists of. I mean, the, you could be waiting quite a while for 1099. So if you're going to file early, be ready to refile if you get No, I, well, I, what I meant to say is file when all your stuff's in. Well, that's not what you said. It isn't what I said. I feel like okay. I'm talking to Cassie now because she knows what she's talking about. And all of a sudden, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Did you guys shake hands or something this morning? Did it pass to you? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, when everything comes in, file. But don't sit on it. Don't get cute. Like, get it in. Get in line. Because 239,999,999 other people could be in front of you. 240 million calls in six months. When I was a kid, I used to listen to a pop music station. 99 and a half WZPL. I don't know if I'm supposed to say those call letters on the calls that the stations <laughs> were on. I, I probably, the show's over. My 13 year runs over. I'm saying another station's call sign. I used to listen to the Hot 9 at 9. And what you would do is you would call up at the end of Hot 9 at 9 and say what the top nine were. And you'd win like tickets to go see like David Sanborn. I don't know. I don't know what you'd see or what you'd win. You'd win like a, a tube top and some sweatbands. I don't know. But here's what I know. I used to call a lot. And at times it felt like I dialed 240 million times to get through and to win. A, I never won. B, I probably dialed like six times. 240 million dials is a lot of dials. What was your uh, first time in a professional radio studio? <laughs> I haven't had it yet. No. <laughs> um, you know, that's a great question. I think, you want story time? Well, can you tell it quick? Yeah, I was a child actor. I don't know if you knew this. I think you've bragged about it before. You asked. And I think I did like a radio interview about a play I was doing in like fourth or fifth grade. And I think I went to like NPR or something. And it was like, this play is about the human experience or something like that. Right. <laughs> so I think that was the first time. Why do you ask? Did they uh, did they call you Tubby Tim on the uh, radio That's, podcast? Uh, that cuts a little deep. It cuts a little uh, deep. No, I was just curious. I, yeah, when's the first time you were in a radio uh, studio? Uh, it probably would have been uh, third grade ish, somewhere around there. Third, Look fourth. At you, grade. like my Mrs. Planner was in a radio commercial for a nursing home when she was a little kid uh, with her dad. It was like, Sarah, what do you think your uh, grandma would like for Christmas? And she goes, Oh, he would. She would like a visit from me and my brother. And and then like the tape troll cue. Anyway, coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week in the news right here on this financial show. I'm. Pete the planner. Caffeine. It's what's for breakfast. Wonderful drug. It is weird what it does to you. My knee you is shaking. You, do you think you uh, have a, I, I hate saying the word out loud, ooh, ooh, a, a, ooh. addiction? I don't actually. I, it, uh, no, I, I really don't. My caffeine consumption uh, is... Uh, normal. I mean, it's fine. I, I probably have a cup or two cups of coffee a day. You quit anytime you want. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. So I am doing dry January and I'm, it's so far so good. Don't ask me next week. What would you call a caffeine free January? Sleepy January? Death. Or <laughs> death? <I don't> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, thanks for the kind words. Uh, she says, uh, love the new scroll. Uh, appreciate the positivity. Well, you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> uh, you know, we had a, a fun team building uh, thing this week. Uh, Dane, we went around on our, our Wednesday stand-up, and we just talked about, like, what are people into right now that's, it's, that's incredibly meaningless and pointless but is bringing us great joy, and we're attaching ourselves to that joy and just writing it? Because we used to talk about guilty pleasures or you'd feel bad that you found interest in this hobby or that hobby. Uh, what I've learned in the last two years, find joy where you can find it. Yeah. I mean, if I want to watch Indian head massage videos on YouTube for 40 minutes, albeit a strange hobby, I, I don't feel bad about that. Do you, uh, when you watch those, do you feel like, can you imagine fingers on your head when, when you're watching somebody get a head massage? Well, I usually am massaging my own. Here's the issue. I think we've talked about this. These Indian head massages, which sounds like a euphemism for something, but it's not. I mean, they're literally an Indian man massaging a person's head. Uh, the, the main component is this... Uh, really strong fragranced oil. And so they'll, they'll put, I'm not kidding, like two liquid cups, if not more in a person's hair. 
and then they just are, and it's messy. So they have to like cover you like in Visqueen and, and <laughs> like Dexter has you in his kill shed and you rub your head. And so I watch it and I get sad because I don't have hair. And I think a big no. part of it is having the oil go in your hair. Otherwise, it's just an oily head. And I'm like, I got that, bro. Have I told you how much uh, the worst part about having hairlines as ours uh, is not being able to <laughs> I don't think it. you have to tell me, but go ahead. What is it? Not getting haircuts. That's the worst part. Oh, you like a haircut? I loved getting haircuts. Loved it. And Why don't no, you come to my bathroom every Sunday night? <laughs> What's happened? That's what I do. I yeah. shave my head every Sunday night. I'm a little bit more frequent than that. You don't you use a razor now? No, I don't use a razor. Oh. I just go with a zero guard. I don't look okay, back to the show. Are you ready for Boam and whatnot? I gotta move on. Yeah. You you got many things to do today. And many things much more important than everyone here. All mm-hmm. right. In three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner show, is Damn, you know, every week here on the Pizza Planner Show, we have a biggest waste of money. It's an item that I find to be wasteful. And then I tell people about it. It is the Globetrotter times Disney Mickey Mouse carry-on trolley. Can I have a point of order here, sir? Yes. When it says like a brand and then X another brand, how do you say that? Do you say X? Do you say times? And? and I, which is the complete wrong uh word to put an ampersand yeah i but i mean it's just it, kids these days globetrotter gives a nod to the house of mouse <laughs> here's the issue with this copy which by the way house of mouse is that's awesome uh there's no e on mouse and i don't think it's misspelled but there's an e on house so it's house of mouse m-o-u-s yeah with its disney collaboration the black on black uh, 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 centenary trolley features a contrasting white sketch of Mickey on its exterior. On the inside, additional sketches of the iconic character are on the lining along with straps to hold an item in place. The case is finished with chrome hardware and one red leather corner, an ideal carry-on. It's sized right for long weekends or short business trips. Dame, how much does a Globetrotter and Disney Mickey Mouse carry-on trolley from the House of Mouse cost a brother? First of all, that red corner, is that the same red that Mickey's pants usually are? Is that the connection they're trying to make there? I believe so. Uh, I would also note that uh, show pilot Jeremy notes in the live chat that those handles will not last loading into the cargo pit on the belt loaders. It's important to know. News you can use. News you can use. Uh, our show pilot. And you're thinking, oh, the, the company has a private jet private, that private Jeremy jet? pilots. <clears throat> no, 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 no. That Jeremy just happens to be a pilot and he's our friend. Uh, Dame, what do you think? Um, uh, $579. Man, you are, your guessing is bad today. <laughs> you went with $4.25 million on 240 million calls to the IRS in six months. This is $2,430 for a carry-on sketch of Mickey uh, on a, a back uh, on, a, on a, a suitcase that's going to get ruined, according to our pilot. Uh, who, who are you going to trust, him or him or some copy? What's in the news this week? Well, continuing with some news you can use, starting Saturday, private health insurers were going to be required to cover up to eight home COVID-19 tests per month hmm. for people on their plans. The Biden administration announced the change Monday as it looks to lower costs and make testing for the virus more convenient amid rising frustrations. Under the new policy, first detailed to the Associated Press, Americans will be able to either purchase home testing kits for free under their insurance or submit receipts for the tests for reimbursement up to the monthly per-person limit. A family of four, for instance, I'll do the math. Uh, You could uh, get 32 tests per month. PCR tests and rapid tests ordered uh, ordered or administered by a health provider will continue to be fully covered by insurance with no limit. You know, in relation to this, I had a hot take coming into today's show that I decided to uh, extinguish. So I was going to come to the show and make the biggest waste of money of the week, the fact that the government is sending out masks to everyone under the idea that everyone already has masks and anyone who isn't going to wear a mask is doesn't really care and it's a waste. 
But then I actually read the article, <laughs> which said they're sending uh, the equivalent of N95 or KN95s mm-hmm. to whoever who wants them. And there's going to be a website because, you know, that always goes well uh, to request those uh, things. So I don't like to be cynical about uh, the complexity of, of government programs. I, I really don't like to be cynical. I think too often we're like, well, it's dumb. It's like, well, it's, it's a, a little bit more complex than dumb. Uh, so that's why I chose not to to make that the biggest waste of money of the week. Um, but I would note if they're making all of these masks and making all of these kits and people don't use them, then then that would be wasteful. I think that's a very reasonable conclusion to come to. I mean, I'll, I'll, I, we we wear masks quite a bit. Um, totally, I prefer people do, but it's a choice, right? So. Um, if there are N95s to be had uh, for free, given it's the best mask, I think we would probably likely order those to have more N95s. If they were paper masks or some cloth that had like the American flag or something, not that I'm not a patriot, but I wouldn't order that because I have a bunch of those already. Would you order masks from the government if they were N95s? Um, if that was the only source of them, probably, but I'm not going to take masks away from somebody who uh, may not otherwise be able to afford them. I'll go find my own and pay for them. Jeez. Wow. I really feel bad now. Can I ask a, a question that I'm just interested in? That's not nearly as critical as it's about to sound. It's not about you, by the way. Uh, we do that enough. Um, do you think they'll be made in China? A high likelihood. Okay. That, but that's not critical. I just, I'm just interested. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, that's a thing. Yeah. Dave, what else is in the news? 16 major U.S. universities, including Yale, Georgetown, and Northwestern, are being sued for alleged antitrust violations because of the way they work together to determine financial aid awards for students. According to the lawsuit, filed in Illinois federal court late Sunday by law firms representing five former students who attended some of the schools, the universities engaged in price-fixing and unfairly limited aid by using a shared methodology to calculate applicants' financial needs. Schools are allowed under federal law to collaborate on their formulas, but only if they don't consider applicants' financial need in admissions decisions. The suit alleges these schools do weigh candidates' ability to pay in certain circumstances and therefore shouldn't be eligible for antitrust exemption. The suit seeks damages and a permanent end to the school's collaboration in calculating financial need and awarding aid. Huh. Hmm. You know, we have a ton of friends in higher ed, clients in higher ed. Uh I think highly of higher ed. Yeah, the highest. There there does sometimes seem to be like a separate set of rules culturally around higher ed, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, not not everything's cut and dry. Not everything's like, obviously... Uh, there's probably good reasons for that in some capacity. I'm not going to assign it to terrible. I'm just going to say there there does seem to be like this get out of jail free card when it comes to the value of a college education and and what people have to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. You have a final story for us that will not have me say something I don't want to say? Feeling financially healthy means pulling down a six-figure salary, according to a survey by Personal Capital and a Harris Poll. Uh, the average amount American adults say they need to earn to feel good, uh, sorry, in good financial shape was... I saw it. $128,000. That's yeah. far from the median U.S. household income in 2020 of 67005 <laughs> Twice? Yeah. Double it. Survey of more than 2,000 people found Americans with a dwindling sense of financial confidence. That's, quote, dwindling sense of financial confidence. Uh, In 2021's final quarter, 34% of respondents said they felt financially healthy compared with 48% in early 2021. You know, I have to think, I have to, that it's regional. It's geographic of how you answer that because $128,000 in the Corn Belt buys you a lot of maize. $128,000 $128,000 in the concrete jungle uh, doesn't buy you much. Yeah, I think the um, the, the sample uh, would dictate this tremendously. And if they were coastal, then 128000 is probably, dare I say, reasonable. But uh, it, it was, like you said, regional. If you're in the middle of America, 128000 is 
It's going to seem like a king's ransom to some families. It's loaded question of the week uh, time now here on the Pete the Planner Show. Dame, loaded question of the week. Are you ready? Sure. How much longer will we have inflationary challenges at the pace of which we currently have them? Go. You're going to pick yourself up off the floor to answer this. Uh, I will say we will experience inflationary challenges through the end of this year. Okay. To, to the same tune. So nearly 10%? Potentially. Wow. Yeah, I, I was originally thinking we'd be through with it in the second quarter. I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're going to know. <laughs> You know what my favorite famous phrase around these parts is? We'll know more in a few weeks. Dame, that's all we have time for this week. So I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all this in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, Pete the Planner Show. I always am like, you know what, guys? We're going to know more here in a couple weeks. Then we get a couple weeks out. I'm like, okay, we know some stuff, but we are going to know more in a couple weeks. You made my eye twitch with that question. Yeah, hey, I'm sorry. Dame, I do have to go seriously, and I'm sorry. Um, hey, everybody. Sort of a fun show, maybe. I mean, probably unlistenable. So sorry about that. If it's unlistenable, it's because your tech is struggling. Oh, am I blipping out? Audio? Audio, audio sometimes. <laughs> That's fine. Well, enjoy that listen, y'all. Uh, we'll get it fixed, maybe. I don't know. All right. Hey, stay getting money. <laughs>